0: the show you love with even more local local news news. and more local talk talk. the voice of the valley the mike douglas show now weekdays from three till five on air and online power talk 1360
1: kfiv Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. This is a wonderful Wednesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation, as we take a look at the pressing issues of the day and get to discuss them live and local right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A lot going on today, so let's get down to it. And I'm going to uh, do the, uh, this afternoon something I I rarely do, but I, we're going to take uh, an in-depth look in just a few moments at a discussion uh, at a Senate hearing between uh, Senator Tim Scott and uh, the Honorable Janet Yellen, the uh, U.S. Secretary of the Treasury. And the reason I want to do this, and we're going to uh, parse that conversation a bit is because it is one of the most masterful demonstrations of how a good debate ought to unfold by tenor, uh, Senator Tim Scott. Absolutely masterful. I don't want you to miss it. And so, hang on. We're going to do that in just a few moments. A uh, uh, worthy uh, to note today: the uh, U.S. Senate, by a vote of fifty-one to forty-nine, has defeated. Uh, The Women's Health Protection Act that was before them today, Uh, a lot of reaction to that. Senator Patrick Leahy uh, from Vermont says, here we are today, a body of 176% of which are men making decisions about the private lives of the nearly 168 million women in this country. That's ludicrous. How patronizing. How patriarchal, patriarchal, he says. How insulting, how dangerous. No mention of the babies, uh, by the way. Isn't that interesting? Senator Jackie Rosen, a Democrat from Nevada, says it's only going to stop women from getting safe abortions and women will die as a result. Uh, No mention of the babies that die either. Senator uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Senator Susan Collins of Maine uh might have voted yes, uh, as well as Senator Joe Manchin. However, uh, they did not like the way the uh, the bill was being proposed. In fact, uh, Senator Manchin uh, said that uh, make no mistake, it's not Roe versus Wade codification. It's an expansion. It expands abortion. And uh, Chuck Schumer, Says America, quote, will take a shameful and repressive step backwards. Our kids will grow up in a country with fewer rights than those who came before them. Mark my words, it will be open season on our God given freedoms. So there is uh, Senator Chuck Schumer invoking God, and uh, well, he and God can deal with that some other time. All right, I want to bring. To- <laughs> I want to bring to your attention what I feel is a masterful way that Senator Tim Scott handled uh, the Honorable Treasury Secretary Janet Yeltsin, uh yesterday in a uh, hearing before the Senate Banking Committee. And uh, t- Senator Scott wanted clarification on a statement made by Janet Yellen and he said <clears throat> just for clarity's sake did you say that ending the life of a child is good for the labor force participation rate all uh, right here's uh here's janet yelson's response and i'm going to stop from time to time because i've i've been a student of good communication and i hope i've been a good mentor on how to develop and execute good communication. And so I think it's worthy to listen to Senator Tim Scott here and how we handle this. is This is a good lesson learned, in in my opinion. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Here we go.
2: What we're talking about is um, whether or not women will have the ability will have the ability to um, to regulate their reproductive um, situation.
1: Uh, let me stop for a minute. Uh, let me translate. Uh, for those of you who may not speak bureaucraties or may not speak woke, let me translate reproductive situation. Uh, that means choosing to kill the baby that you're carrying. I just wanted to provide that translation. Okay, let, let's go on
2: in ways that will enable them to plan lives that are fulfilling and satisfying for them. And one aspect of this-
1: Okay, <laughs> translation there is, it's all about narcissism being a rationale for infanticide. Just wanted to provide that translation there as well. Okay, back to uh, Janet Yelson.
2: Satisfying life is being able to feel that you have the financial resources to raise a child,
1: uh, let me translate that. Don't have sex with a male unless you think you can afford to support the child. That's my recommendation, uh, but what do I know? All right, coming up, uh, let, let's get back to Janet Yeltsin.
2: That the children you bring into the world are wanted and that you have the ability to take care of them.
1: Okay, so only uh, only children who are wanted and whose mothers think they can take care of them should be allowed to live. That's the translation there. Back to Janet Yeltsin.
2: many cases, um, abortions are of teenage women, um, particularly...
1: By, by the way, she misspoke there. She means teenage women who have abortions, not teenage women being aborted. Which brings up a question in my mind, if, if a mother has perceived has the perceived right to kill an infant that she doesn't want. Why shouldn't a mother have the right to kill a teenage daughter she no longer wants? What's the difference? Hmm? Think about that. All right, let's go on.
2: Low-income and often black who... Um...
1: Uh, now, remember, Senator Tim Scott is black. Uh, perhaps Janet Yeltsin is colorblind... Or she just made a foolish statement. But it was an incredibly foolish thing to say to a black man. All right, let's go on.
2: aren't in a position to be able to care for children, have um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education.
1: Okay, so apparently if the baby may interfere with a mother's education... Killing the baby is justified, according, again, to U.S. Treasury Secretary and President Biden's appointee, the Honorable Janet Yellen. Uh, let, let's go on.
2: To later participate in the workforce. So there there is a spillover into labor force participation. Yeah. but yeah. And uh, it means the children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do, do worse themselves. Thank and,
1: you. Let me... All right. So apparently if a black mother in poverty, according to Janet Yellen, is given legal permission to kill her baby, that then frees the mother to better participate in the U.S. economy. There, There's a wonderful perspective, again, uh, from President Biden's appointee, the Honorable Janet Yelton, uh, Ye- Yellen, rather, the uh, U.S. Uh, tre- Treasury Secretary, I'm just... Well, let's go on. Let me just save my time harsh. on topic. This is I, the truth. I, I'll
3: just simply say that as a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, I'm thankful to be
1: here. Ah, wasn't that wonderful? Again, this is <laughs> excellent response. Remember, Senator Tim Scott is black, and he's speaking to the Honorable Janet Yellen, who is white. Now, as we go on, I want to encourage us to listen to the way Senator Tim Scott frames his rebuttal to Secretary Yellen. I think it's a masterful way to directly address the issues without being inappropriate, without yelling and screaming, without burning down buildings, without demonstrating in front of the Honorable Janet Yellen's house. You fill in the destructive ways to respond versus the excellent way... That Senator Scott responds. Let's uh, again, this is an abject lesson, in my opinion, on how to do debate correctly and effectively. Let's uh, let's continue to listen uh, to uh, Senator Tim Scott
3: as United States Senator. First, second thing I'd say is that we, we can, at the same time, have a real conversation about increasing child tax credits that are refundable. We can, at the same time, have a conversation about the opportunity to have a a, a more more robust system around the issue of child care, of early child education. We could have a conversation about financial literacy. There's a lot of ways for us to address the issue about the child that's here.
1: Notice how Senator Scott provides alternative ways to address the issue. Notice that. Uh, Again, I think it's a lesson in masterful oratory, how to make your point without demolishing or canceling the opposing person. He doesn't try to crush or destroy the Honorable Janet Yellen, Secretary of the U.S. Treasury. He doesn't do that. He does not try to destroy her as a person. He speaks to what she said, and that's the key here. He 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 tells her how her comments make him feel. Again, I think it's a masterful display of wise and effective conversation. Let's uh, listen to the end of the conversation there.
3: So that, that just to me was 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 uh, uh, unusually piercing comments that you, that you made.
1: All right, notice again, he's saying how her comments made him feel. He doesn't try to destroy her. He doesn't try to crush her. He doesn't try to eliminate her. He doesn't try to absolutely level her in front of the whole world. No, he speaks to her points, and that is such an effective way that we can learn from in terms of being able to debate Effectively. All right. We'll have some more commentary on that and I want to provide you with the opportunity to react to what you just heard as well. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. We'll be back in three minutes as the Mike Douglas show continues here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV.
0: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you much, so much for joining us this afternoon. Well, we've heard from U.S. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the Honorable Janet Yellen. And basically, she's telling America and telling uh, the the Senate, at least the Senate Banking Committee, that abortions really help the economy uh, because because it but ending the life of a child is good for the labor force participation rate. And I think, uh, again, Senator Tim Scott did a masterful job of responding in the way that we ought to respond. He addressed her comments, didn't try to tear her down. He addressed her comments. And I think uh, all of us can can listen to Janet Yeltsin and, and say, wow, the gall. <laughs> uh, I, I just I can't imagine anyone really believing that killing a baby is 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 a reasonable response to allowing the mother then to pursue her educational goals and be a productive member of the labor force. It it, it to anyone with a godly world view how, how do you feel? How do you react to Janet Yeltsin and what you heard today? 209-551-3483. You may be wondering, how does the state of California react? This just in from reporter Ashley Zavala up in uh, Sacramento. Apparently, Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing a $125 million reproductive health package. It includes, and these are yours and mine uh, tax dollars, $40 million in grants for uninsured patients, $15 million for reproductive health groups, $1 million for a new website. Wow. Boy, I'd, I'd like to be the developer for that. $1 million for a new website and $1 million for research. Huh. Well, how about putting some of that money towards maybe the drought. How about putting that towards some new reservoirs or desalinization plants instead of the baby-killing welfare program? I'm just wondering about... By the way, what do you think our... Uh, here, here's our attorney general in California. He's our chief law enforcement officer, and uh, he he was in uh, two, uh, Sacramento yesterday and having discussions about reproductive, uh, reproductive health care. Here's uh, one of his comments, and now listen to his passion about this.
4: Hell no to going back to the times of coat hangers and back alleys. Hell no to rolling back 50 years of settled constitutional law that establishes a woman's right to choose hell no to politicians interfering in a very private and intimate decision.
1: Well, wow, don't you wish he was as passionate about dealing with the murders in California, about dealing with the rising crime in California in uh, his pat, wouldn't he be wonderful if he was as passionate about these smash and grab robberies? Wouldn't it be wonderful if he was as passionate about these people that are being released early from prison and then commit violent crimes. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we heard him start those discussions this way? Hell no. Uh, Okay, well, I guess that's not the way it's going to be. Uh, Another comment from uh, our Attorney General uh, Rob Bonta.
4: I will use the full force of the law and the full authority of my office to protect a woman's right to choose. Period. Full stop. End of story.
1: You know, one of the phrases I am really tired of, and for some reason it, it aggravates me. From, full stop. It, it's like uh, I don't know. There are plenty of other hackneyed phrases these days. Full stop. It is, it's a like, full stop. Uh, this is this is. I am pontificating. Here it is. Full stop. Oh, I'm tired of that. Uh, all right, let's get. <laughs> Let's okay, hear one more quote from our attorney general here in California, Rob Bonta.
4: This is about your right. This is about your freedom. This is about your choice, and I will defend it, and I will protect it with everything I have.
1: Okay, uh, Mr. Bonta, how about protecting the rights of the baby? Hell no. Okay, well, I guess that's, uh, that's where it is. All right, so there we, and why am I bringing this up? Why am I spending so much time on this? Say, Mike, you know, the abortion issue, come on. Because we have a primary election coming up on June 7. We have a general election coming up in November of this year. And then we have a major presidential election coming up in the not-too-distant future in November of 2022. Uh, 2024, rather. I'm, I'm wishing it was 2022. Freudian slipped there, probably. Don't, don't you think this is important to know what, Jallin, uh, what, what Janet Yellen feels? Don't you think that's important as we go to the polls? Don't you think it's important to know what Rob Bonta feels? Hell no. Okay, well, apparently not, but I think it's important. I I just th- this whole issue of, of how the the left approaches abortion is offensive to me. And you say, well, Mike, you're all about not taking offense. Well, when it comes to killing babies and infanticide, you know what? Someone needs to stand up and be offended. On the uh, to defend the child who is defenseless against these morons in California and in Washington, D.C., who seem to think it's their job to legally say that we can kill babies to ensure that the mother has a future in education, to ensure that the mother has a future in the, the job force good night are you serious is that where we are in our culture today where is the defense of the defenseless baby where is it do you hear it at all from the democratic side well mike you're just taking the Republican. no And to me, the baby doesn't care whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. The baby wants to live because God created all of us with a desire to live because he is the creator. And it seems like the Democratic Party, both in Sacramento and Washington, D.C., says to God, hell no. There you go. All right, I'm going to have... Another sip of coffee and calm down a bit. I'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now back to the Mike
1: Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Yeah, welcome back to the Mike Douglas show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I've got another couple swigs of coffee in me. We're ready to rock and roll here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I know some of you probably saying, lay off the coffee, Pastor Mike. Not a chance. Coffee. Coffee is the nectar of ministry. Did you know that? It it absolutely, uh, absolutely is. All right, we've been talking about uh, what, what I feel is uh, a very discouraging state of affairs where almost to a person, a political person anyway, the Democratic Party uh, seems to be very passionate about snuffing out the lives of Of babies and uh, Janet Yellen, uh, our Treasury Secretary, making some, I think, absurd statements yesterday. And Senator Tim Scott, uh, a, a black man who is a Republican. Uh, from South Carolina, I believe, is responded in, I think, a wonderful way, especially as Janet Yellen started to pull the race card. Tim Scott called her on the statement. And I think what was so wonderful was the way he addressed the issues didn't just try to destroy her. And, that, again, I think that is a wonderful lesson learned. All right, let's go back to the phones now. 209-551-3483. What is your reaction to what you heard from Janet Yellen and Senator Tim Scott? By the way, the more I hear from Senator Tim Scott, the more I like him. Really. All right, 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones today, Debbie, from Stanislaus. Debbie, what's on your mind today?
5: Well, what's on my mind I hardly can put into words. You have made my day, my week, and my year. What you shared just in that few moments you've been on so far, what you gave us, the gifts that you gave us. And Mr. Tim Scott, oh, God, I wish I could see him and be close to him and talk to him. He's a human being that I wish, pray, and hope for, that we grow a pair and that we get rid of every Democrat there is, even if it's my own family. I can't can't deal with this anymore. I don't want to deal with it. Morality is dead. If we don't get rid of the Democrat establishment, we've got to do it. This is going to be one of the hardest things we're ever going to have to do. But in order to do what needs to be done, Michael, you already know this, because I listen to you constantly, you know there's no shortcuts in this. It's not a a matter of being fair. There's no fairness in this because we've we've been held against our will for so long the pain in all of us, the depression that we go through. Look at our state of California. God love us all. The state of California, we have the highest. I mean, this is pretty predominant. The highest state of suicide in the whole United States of America. Doesn't anybody understand how radically, radically immoral the state has become? We owe it to our Creator We owe it to each other. God said we're our brother's keepers, and we've got to do it. It's not going to be easy, but we're going to get it done. And we're going to get it done. We're going to start with the next few elections we have, but I think we've got to go a step further than that. We're going to have to take on issues that we think we have to wait for, but we don't because our establishment, our Democrat establishment committed treason. We've got them. We just have to have the guts to defend God, our creator, and get them right where they need to be gotten. We don't need to wait for an election. They already committed the crimes, and they do it every day. And they keep doing it because we think we're afraid and we can't stand up to them. Oh, yes, we can. If a person like me can do it, then everybody can do it. And every woman that wanted to be able to have her way with the killing and the The direction of the life of the babies that they were carrying, they're all murderers and murderesses. And they need to go to prison because that's what happens to people when they commit a murder, you know. These women don't even have to be on trial. But there's a a trial already being had. And that was, again, I don't want to be boring, but that's God and our creator, and it's not a joke. We don't have to have a specific religion. There's only one creator. There's not a dozen of them. There's one. And we owe so much back. Let's get busy and do it.
1: Well uh, Debbie, and I... What you, uh, gave th-
5: to, what you gave today, you don't even know how potent that was. That few minutes that you were on today was huge.
1: Well, Debbie, I, uh, I, I thank you for that. Thank you for your comments. Uh, I, I do want to say this, uh, because I, I know... I have counseled, I have met, I have friends, uh, women who have had abortions. And I do want to say this, that God's offer of forgiveness is always operative. What I think we're dealing with is this perspective that it is okay to continue—how many babies have been— uh aborted since drove v Wade, something like sixty three million, I think and and Debbie, uh, in, in in my the, my ideas of theology that I follow as a pastor, my worldview, I believe at some point we all stand before God to be accountable at some point. A lot of people don't have that worldview, and so they don't uh, they don't feel the need to be righteous. But but to me, we're all going to be held accountable for this. But, but I do want to underscore that God's forgiveness is always operative and always available. Uh, so I just want to add that into the mix. But uh, Debbie, thanks so much for your call, and I appreciate the, uh, uh, the compliment. Uh, if nothing else we'll we'll blame it on the uh, on the coffee today. Let's go back to the phones. Area code 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. And uh, is it Jericho from Modesto? Welcome. What are your thoughts yeah. today?
4: You know, I've been thinking, I've been listening to all this stuff about the their their incredible passion to push this thing to nine months. If you remember back a few years ago, they some, some young people came into Planned Parenthood and said, hey, we're thinking about aborting our baby, and we were wondering if we could get any money for this. And Planned Parenthood was saying, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sell some of the parts and we'll get you some money. And then it turned out the kids got in trouble for recording this instead of Planned Parenthood getting in trouble for wanting to buy the body parts but I think they're pushing this nine month thing so passionately because they are intending on legalizing the sale of these the fetal tissue uh, stem cell tissue and the and the and the organs and then they can legalize the sale of that stuff. I don't know that's just I'm out here painting the garage, and this is stuff that's running through my head.
1: So it's not the paint fumes that's getting to you, right? This is. uh... No. (laughs) I'm I'm used to the paint fumes. I've been doing that for a long time. But I I think they have,
4: you know, they're not saying anything about it, but I think they've got an, uh, an ulterior motive into pushing this thing so hard that they can even. Take these babies. Okay, well, we'll make them comfortable, and then if the mama decides that this baby's going to be too much for her to handle, then we'll go ahead and we'll we'll abort the baby, even though it's alive and viable and laying there, and they've made it comfortable. They, you know, they've got to have some reason for wanting to push this thing this far, and I think that's, that's... probably.
1: That's a very good, uh, very good, very good observation, Jericho. Thanks for the call, by the way. We appreciate you weighing in on that. And Jericho, I think there's uh, there's another element to this, and this is—I don't want to get overly theological here—but I believe part of this, and I think Debbie made an allusion to that, a pretty strong one. Uh, I believe this is also a battle between good and evil. Uh, it, Good, good people don't snuff out life and justify it uh, now I'm how <sighs> do I don't want one the, there there's a I believe a theological truth that evil always overplays its hand eventually evil will always overplay its hand if if I can put in to put it into a a card game perspective. and And I think that's what we're seeing right now. the The comments by Janet Yellen is is evidence of evil overplaying its hand. I'm not saying she's evil. I think her perspective is evil. Uh, when when and by the way, uh, Jericho mentioned uh, the, the video, and of course, uh, uh, the the opponents uh, say, oh no, no no, that that video was uh, edited and so it's a, it's a hoax. Well, you have to decide that for yourself and and again, I I reiterate, I do not tell you what to believe. My job here is to be your concierge for conversation, to bring up varying perspectives so that we can talk about them, and oftentimes you bring up things that I haven't thought about that I need to think about, and hopefully I contribute to your thought processes as well in a a positive way, but you are intelligent, you make your decisions. I'm here to facilitate that process. And I think part of that, and I think this is what Debbie was referring to, part of that is I think sometimes we've been intimidated into not getting passionate about about these subjects. And I think when when we begin to reach a point where we justify the snuffing out of innocent lives that can't fight back We're in a bad place. We are in a bad place that's going to take our culture down. And again, for those, and I know there are some in the audience, who have had abortions, I am not cutting you down at all. I'm not saying that you are evil at all. Again, I want to underscore as a pastor, God's forgiveness is always operative. What we're addressing here is the unrepentant, the unrepentant policies of a government, state, and local that wants to continue snuffing out lives just so that the mother can be, can have her educational future guaranteed or that the mother can participate participate more productively in the labor force. Good night. What are we thinking? I'll we'll explore more of that coming up. 209 551 3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV,
1: and we're back here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're talking about this whole issue that that has been sparked uh, of late by the leaked, <laughs> the leaked Supreme Court. Uh, Major apparently the majority opinion that is uh, being uh, written by uh, uh, Justice Alito that would indicate that the Supreme Court may indeed overturn Roe v. Wade. And it has sparked a lot of interesting conversation. That's what we're reacting to right now. So let's get down to it. Let's get back to the phones. Our number here, 209 209- Five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Let's go to Mike and Manteca. Hi, Mike. Uh, what are your thoughts today?
6: Hi. I, thanks for taking my call. I, I was listening the other day to a, a show, and uh, Ben Carson was on, who I admire immensely uh, for what he's accomplished in his life. And he was talking a little bit about uh, the origins of Planned Parenthood and somehow that uh, the uh, breakdown of history and the political history is not understood by a lot of people. And he was saying that Planned Parenthood was originally designed by Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger's intention was to uh, uh, probably kill the amount of brown or black babies that exist in the world, I mean, that's what his original intention was, or some people believe that that's what the original intention was. And then he went on to elaborate about how uh, politically we try to break down the history, uh, because he said that that every person is made up of of where they came from, so their origins are all a, an events in history that happened that get you to where you are today. And he said something really wise that I thought would be nice to share with you was that he said he said that a a sense of history and understanding history when it comes to the issues is very important because it creates your identity and your identity is what creates your values so your belief in 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 you know allowing yourself to overstep boundaries that you may not you know, normally do like supporting abortion or killing a baby right up to the eight month period is, is all a sense of, of your values. And if your values have been manipulated and corrupted by changing the events of history, then you have no moral compass to go by. So I just thought it was real wise what he was talking about and and thought it would be nice to share it with you.
1: Yeah thank thank you so much Mike and and appreciate the call you're absolutely right uh, the the genesis of planned parenthood uh, was de- or does date back to Margaret Sanger and uh, she flat out uh, had a mission to eliminate the black population the african american population that was her goal and 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 that is the the root of planned parenthood and I I haven't looked on their website lately, but I do believe they actually uh, actually admit that, I think. Now, oftentimes, uh, up to, I don't know, a few years ago, I don't know that they even acknowledged it. But you're right, Mike. Uh, g- uh, good words from uh, Ben Carson there. And by the way, uh, Tom is traveling on I-5 and his cell phone keeps keeps cutting out i understand traveling traveling on i5 and having your cell phone cut out uh call to say that he uh appreciated uh, what we're talking about today and and our fortitude on the subject um tom thank you i wish wish we could uh get your call be safe out there on the highway all right let's go back to the phones 209-551-3483 and uh let's go to john in brentwood hi john what's your reaction to all of this today
4: well, it's kind of ironic that the party that is against calling sports teams Redskins and Indians because it's offensive to some people or spanking your children or the death penalty for somebody who might have murdered and tortured another person, they're against because that's cruel and inhuman punishment, but it's okay to use a vacuum and pull apart and suck up a baby. That, that's fine. That's, there's, there's no problem with that. I don't. I don't get the whole, the whole gist behind what they're saying. You know, they're they're against all these things because it's offensive or cruel and inhuman. And also, but we can murder as many babies as we want if the mom doesn't want to keep it.
1: Yeah, John, the the hypocrisy, the non sequiturs are abundant, and it defies. It really defies logic. Uh, I get my question, John. Is Are there folks on the other side, are there Republicans who have the spine in California and in Washington, D.C. to be as passionate about saving lives as apparently the Democratic Party is about destroying little lives? I'm hoping so, but we'll see what happens because frankly, uh, a lot of Republicans have disappointed me over the years. And I don't think this is a Republican Democrat issue. Uh, I think it's an issue that is 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 about justice and is about the right thing to do. John, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate uh, appreciate you weighing in today. John from from Brentwood, pointing out some of the uh, illogic uh, that we're hearing today. And I don't know. Do you think Republicans in Sacramento and Republicans in Washington, D.C. will have the fortitude to stand up and push back? Tim Scott did. I just watch him watch Tim Scott I just the more I see of him the more I hear from him the more I think Tim Scott is presidential material I could be totally wrong maybe I'm caught up in in the passion of the moment today but I Senator Tim Scott I think just uh, gave a masterful response to Janet Yellen Janet Yellen, I you know, her her responses to me were her responses were pathetic. I'm not saying she is, I'm saying her responses were pathetic, irresponsible, and frankly, disgusting. Her responses. I I I really think. All right. Uh we've got some more to talk about. I want to talk about the uh that nonprofit in Wisconsin and And what happened there and how that's being treated by local law enforcement. All that coming up in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
7: The show you
0: love with even more local local news news and more local Talk. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIB. Here's your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas show here on this fine Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we tackle some of the more difficult subjects we're grappling with in uh, in today's culture been talking about the whole perspective on abortion, uh, and I, again, the, the dust-up right now created uh, obviously by the fact that uh, somebody within the informational circle of the Supreme, U.S. Supreme Court uh, leaked uh, Justice Alito's apparent majority opinion which would indicate that at least when it was written at that time, there might be a majority of the court willing uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade. I want to go back, and I, I was just past this information. I believe it's from uh, Deseret News. Interesting perspective. Things are different than they were in 1973 in, in many different ways. But in 1973, the New York Times ran a headline saying that one in three women using contraception get pregnant. One out of three women using contraception get pregnant. That was a New York Times headline back in 1973. Things are different today. According to this article, long-term contraception options today are 99.95% effective. So it's not that there are no solutions to not getting pregnant. Of course, my cost-effective solution is you don't want to get pregnant, don't have sex. I mean, that's pretty basic and doesn't cost you anything. But, of course, a lot of people are unwilling to do that. At least sex with a man uh, for a woman or... Someone identifying as a man, I suppose. Anyway, so my point is, things have changed since Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. Again, at that time, New York Times reporting one in three women using contraception got pregnant at that time. But today... They're saying that long-term contraception options uh, are available that are ninety-nine point nine five percent effective. So it's not that women don't have any options here uh, to uh, to getting pregnant. And uh, so I, again, I I want to return to my thesis that evil always overplays its hand, and we're seeing a lot of that overplaying uh, today. Uh, want to talk before we leave the general subject of uh, abortion today do you remember uh, the story about the pro-life organization in uh, I think it's Madison yes Madison Wisconsin Wisconsin family action and they the, there was a fire and, and a lot of news agencies uh, mass media, Uh, That's about all they said was there there was a fire. Well, there was a a horrible fire inside. It was arson inside the building here. And uh, Julaine Appling is the uh, president of the Wisconsin Family Action Organization that uh, was the victim of, of arson. And she said she's often been threatened with violence. But it's the first time that it happened in relation to her opinion on abortion. Uh, here's her comments about that. Again, her name is uh, Julaine Appling, uh, head of the Wisconsin Family Action Nonprofit.
8: We, we cover a number of issues. We, we're a multi-issued organization. And in years past, yes, I've actually had death threats. I've had the police involved with credible death threats.
1: Isn't that horrible? You know, we talk about the freedom of speech, and apparently in today's culture, today's woke culture, today's evil-infested culture, you're only allowed the right to free speech if if you have one-sided opinion. If you have an opposing opinion, that's not allowed. And it's justified to threaten you to uh, stand outside, even though it violates federal law, to stand outside the homes of Supreme Court justices and, and demonstrate and yell and disturb the peace. A federal crime, by the way, according to Title 18. But do we see any law enforcement dealing with that? No. Let's go on and let's uh, hear some more comments from Jolene Appling. Again, her building at Wisconsin Family Action uh, was uh, the victim of an arson. Here's here's more of her comments.
8: You get a whole new perspective. You realize anew that people don't like you. People don't like what you stand for, and
1: yeah, people don't like what you what you stand for, and and therefore apparently uh, they'll ignore the fact that a crime occurred in that building. Someone set the building on fire and death threats have, uh, have been leveled at the uh, CEO. Here's more from uh, their president, Jelaine Appling.
8: Well, I'll say this, uh, it seems to me that Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi is partly responsible for inciting the kind of violence that we were the recipients of on, early on Mother's Day morning. Um, that kind of rhetoric heats things up. It doesn't cool it down.
1: Yeah, you see, apparently it's okay for one political party to incite violence, but it's not okay for the other political party to make any comments that can be twisted and interpreted as creating violence. You see the the non-sequiturs here? You see the hypocrisy involved? That's what we're living with day to day today, and the mass media is not calling anybody on it. it it's hard to find conversations where we can be honest with each other and and stand in the light of truth. Uh, here's one more uh, comment from uh, Jelaine Appling and and she's afraid. I mean, wouldn't you be afraid if, if your businesses, your nonprofit's building was the victim of an arson and, and you got death threats? Uh, here's a final comment from uh, Mrs. Appling.
8: I don't know. Are they done? Do you suppose they're done or do they have more um, things planned for us?
1: See, that's it. it. It's intimidation. That's not freedom of speech, intimidating people, threatening them is not freedom of speech. That's not the marketplace of ideas. Well, what is, Mike? Well, we, we went through that first hour listening to Tim Scott. That's the way you conduct a rational, reasonable, and just conversation. Even when you oppose, you have an opposing view. He, he did it in a masterful way. Now, what's interesting to me in this case of Madison, Wisconsin, and the the, uh, Wisconsin Family Action uh, nonprofit there, I am a little bit shocked by the response of the police chief there. His name is Sean Barnes. Here's his response to that building being the victim of an arson and death threats given to the president of the organization. Quote, Our department has and continues to support people able to speak freely and openly about their beliefs, but we feel that any acts of violence, including the destruction of property, do not aid in any cause. That is the most lackluster... uh, I'm shocked. The people of... Madison, Wisconsin, do do you line up behind this police chief's statement here? Let, Let me ask you. If you were the police chief of Madison, Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin Family Action Building was broken into an arson occurred where they tried to destroy the building, and the president of Wisconsin Family Action received death threats, Is this the way you would respond? This is a namby-pamby response. That's a theological term, namby-pamby. This is the most gutless response from law enforcement to an arson and to death threats I have ever heard. Let me read it again, the end of it. But we feel this is the police chief in Madison, Wisconsin, Sean Barnes. But we feel that any acts of violence, including the destruction of property, do not aid in any cause. Now, if you were the police chief of Madison, Wisconsin, what would you say? Is, is that the statement that you would give? What would you say in response to this arson? Let, let me know. What, let's think about it. You're the police chief. What do you think is a just response from law enforcement think about i'll give you a couple minutes to think about it area code 209-551-3483 209-551-3483 we'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the mike douglas show on power talk 1360 kfiv
0: with the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360
1: KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Thank you for joining us today here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Am I uh, my role here to be your personal concierge for conversation as we tackle a lot of important issues that. Today are just annoying me. I gotta be very honest with you. I, I'm I'm appalled. Uh so I'm gonna close out the discussion here in, in in a couple of minutes on uh this Wisconsin family action uh nonprofit in Madison, Wisconsin. julaine Appling is the uh president CEO. And uh Again, their facility was broken into Sunday morning at about 6 o'clock in the morning, I believe, and they tried to burn it down, whoever they are. Now, on the side of the building, on the side of the building in spray paint, this is what was scrawled on the side of the building in spray paint. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. So who would say a thing like that? Well, a local group called Anarchy 1312 apparently took responsibility for the attack. They spray-painted their group's name on the side of the building as well, along with the threat, If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Now compare that with the way Senator Tim Scott Responded to Janet Yellen, the U.S. the Honorable Honorable Janet Yellen, U.S. Secretary of the Treasury. Do you see the dichotomy here? Do you see the difference? It is just astounding. And, and here's the police chief in in Appleton, uh, Appleton in Madison, Wisconsin. With this scrawled on the side of the building, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Here's the police chief's response to the arson and that message on the side of the building. Our department has and continues to support people able to speak freely and openly about their beliefs, but we feel that any acts of violence, including the destruction of property, do not aid in any cause. That's the police chief's response, That response is pathetic. It's pathetic. How would you respond? 209-551-3483. My response, if I were the police chief, would be, we are disgusted at the attempt to burn down this building and to make a point by violence and we are going to do everything we have under our legal investigative power to find out who did this and to prosecute them to the full extent of the law. Don't you think that would be a more appropriate response? You see, that's the problem. It's, it's the, in many cases, law enforcement's not doing its job you look at these demonstrators in in, Washington, in, uh, in Virginia, outside the residences of, of Chief, Chief Justice Roberts and outside the residence of, of uh, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Alito. And these people are intimidating the justices and their families, and it's a violation of federal law. Where is federal law enforcement? Where is the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland? Where is he decrying these actions? You know, they're all about January 6, 21, being an insurrection. But I guess it's okay to violate federal law. We're certainly not, not going to devote any federal law enforcement resources to that, are we? No. Well, why? Why do you think that is? Why would Merrick Garland not assign federal resources to enforce federal law that protects Supreme Court justices and jurors and witnesses and such? Why do you think he is not enforcing the federal law I think of a couple things. Number one, the Biden administration, of which he is part, doesn't want it prosecuted. Now, I can and I'm I know I'm giving you a theoretical hypothetical situation here. Let us say that some organization spray painted a message on the side of a planned parenthood building and broke into it, tried to burn it down. And what if they said, if you don't keep babies safe, then you aren't either. What if they spray painted that message on the side of the Planned Parenthood building? I can almost guarantee you with 99.999% probability there would be a national uproar. Every single law enforcement agency that could be thrown at this problem would be thrown at it. There would be a national outcry. The national media would be up in arms. But because it would not be in line with the narrative of the current woke culture, we don't see that, do we? We don't see that. And the intimidation is working. One of our listeners just uh, messaged in, uh, uh, trust and believe if they were conservatives, they would be hunted down and prosecuted. I believe that's right. I believe that's right. And, and so the problem that we have today is the assumption, and it should be a valid assumption, that we live in a country in a governmental structure where there is the rule of law and that justice is blind. In other words, the law, there's no selective enforcement. The law is applied equally across the board. Doesn't matter what position you hold. Doesn't matter what your organization is. Doesn't matter what your skin color is. Doesn't matter what your religious preferences are. The well, law is the law, and it needs to be executed and enforced across the board in similar manner manners for all. We don't have that today. We have lost the security that justice will be done by local, state, and federal law enforcement. That's gone, my friends. That's gone. And that's why I say I believe we have two tipping points approaching us at a rapid rate. One is on June 7. That's the California statewide primaries. And the other is in November of this year, November of 2022, the midterms it is so important that we process through what we're seeing and hearing and that we vote in accordance with what evidence we are able to gather and process i am i, I believe that if righteous people let all this go and let it slip by in the june 7 primaries and the november 2022 20, general election and i'm not being this is not partisan this is about justice blind justice should be blind there should not be selective enforcement i believe if we let this go we may lose the culture entirely back in five minutes mike douglas show power talk 1360 kfiv
0: The Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360
1: KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. <laughs> We're talking about government and our trust in government and law enforcement agencies really not doing their job when it doesn't fit their narrative. Uh, just uh, absolutely counter to what the United States of America ought to be about. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to to emphasize how important the June 7 primaries coming up and how important the November 2022 general election is and, of course, the uh, the big election, the presidential election coming up in 2024. I I really believe if if we don't stand up and quit being intimidated, and I'm not making this a Republican-Democrat issue, I'm just saying... People of rational mind and who have morals, and who have ethics, and who believe in the rule of law, regardless of which party you're from, need to stand up, quit being intimidated, and, and push back appropriately. All right, let's go to the phones. Area code 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Kathleen from Oakdale. Hi, Kathleen. What are your thoughts today?
7: Uh, My thoughts uh, go back to the issue. I believe it was a soundbite by Janet Yellen, and uh, she was saying something about, um, let's see, uh, uh, white women uh, do not want to um, raise uh, uh, a black baby. If they're pregnant with a uh, a black man's baby, they don't want to raise that baby. Well, my life experience is completely different than that.
1: Well, well, Kathleen, let, it is... Kathleen, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, but but I just want okay. to clarify, uh, and and I understand a lot of that went by very quickly. She was not talking about okay. white women raising a black baby. What she was talking about, in terms of race, were black women uh, who were pregnant, and the fact that having the baby would create an economic stress upon them, they might not be able to pursue their educational goals and such. So uh, I, I just wanted to clarify that. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think that clarification was needed. So uh, please go ahead.
7: Oh, okay, yeah, no, I didn't realize I just took it completely as women did not want to have black babies. And um, no. but that's not what it was. I don't know why I took it that way. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that there is, to me, a problem going around uh, involving the abortion issue that is not being paid attention to. And it was in the 70s and 80s when uh, white women were pregnant with a black man's um, child. And the only reason they knew that it was a black man's child is because they were trying to uh, sue uh, their boyfriends, who they thought the father was, Uh, for paternity. Uh, The state of California even required that they state who the father was so that they, these were young mothers, teenage mothers, and uh, anyway, so then the test came back, not only was it not the man they thought it was, but it was actually a black man. And so then the women would say that they wanted to raise that black child and they, they did not want that black child raised in a black family so they already knew they were going to put the child up for adoption since it wasn't the the child who they thought it was but they wanted to stipulate that the child could not be raised by a black family and uh they they could not get their way and they could not get the wish and it it uh so that's what kind of offended me that these uh, women in the 70s and 80s um, were forced uh, to put their children, white women were forced to put their children into black families. And in fact, they didn't even put their children into black families. It was, they were, their children, the white women's children, were put into black families against the white woman's will. And uh, that is wrong. And um, two of the women that I know of firsthand uh, that it happened to, they happen to be dead now. And that is also uh, very eerie to me. So there's something going on in the uh, abortion issue. And uh, instead of aborting your child, put your child up for adoption issue uh, that this, can be offered by these agencies, but that these agencies at the same time can um, do things against uh, the mother's will who's putting the child up for adoption.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kathleen, I, I think we, on uh, your last comment there, by the way, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I think I find agreement with you with your last statement there, and that is uh, if, if there is a quote-unquote unwanted child Put that child up for adoption, for goodness sakes. Uh, the, and, and there are plenty of agencies to do that. And, and I know it's not an easy process. And I think maybe in, in our, our systemic approach to adoptions, maybe we need to revisit how that's done. We certainly don't want to put uh, infants into a situation where they might be abused. Uh, the triage pro- process is important. Uh, I don't know about you. I know people that have been drugged through—good people, sound people, moral people, godly people—who have been drugged through the keyhole just trying to adopt a child. And so, I I would agree that the the systems involved in that need to be revisited, and uh, I think we need to improve our systems but I, I would agree Kathleen with, with your last uh, statement there that, uh, you know, if a child is unwanted, let's, uh, put the child up for adoption. I agree with you hundred percent, um, on the other score that you were talking about. I'm not familiar with that history and, uh, but, uh, perhaps some of our other listeners are, and you can, uh, you can make your decision about, uh, that subject. All right, uh, I have another question for you in regards to the, this whole dilemma that we have right now where we're supposed to be governed by the rule of law and there it should not be there should not be selective enforcement that we enforce the law for some people we don't enforce the law for other people. That should not be. But the problem is that's what we're seeing and i think a lot of us feel a little bit powerless right now because the law enforcement agencies that we used to have trust in aren't doing their job and again i point to the whole issue of the demonstrations outside the the homes of supreme court justices and the federal statute title 18 and a the subsection there i think it's 1507 i'm doing that by memory that specifically says it's a violation of federal law to demonstrate and, and cr- create intimidating uh, environments outside the residences of of justices and judges and witnesses and and court officials. How come that's not being enforced? And it seems like the Biden administration, Because that's what he's part of. Merrick Garland, our U.S. Attorney General, is part of the Biden administration. It seems like they are intentionally being tone deaf to this. Why? Why aren't these people being prosecuted? We can advance the theories. One might be because enforcing the law wouldn't fit their narrative. And we look at the way, well, they were sure enforcing the law and prosecuting people for what they call the insurrection on uh, January six in twenty twenty one, and yet we look at this in intimidation because the 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 very liberal Supreme Court justices that they're not outside demonstrating in front of their homes. And I, I don't know about you, I, I've seen the social media thing. well, that's free speech. No, it's intimidation. That's not the marketplace of ideas. That, that's not the redress of, of government. That takes place at appropriate places. This is flat-out intimidation, and it should not be. And Merrick Garland, that's your job, and you're not doing it. So how do we deal with that? my question for you. Have you lost trust? Have you lost trust in law enforcement today? And I'm not making a broad brush stroke there because I, I have personal interactions with Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department and Modesto Police Department. I believe both those are stand-up agencies. And, and I think both Chief Gillespie and Sheriff Dirksey are stand-up men of honor and of principle, and they believe in justice. But I'm more looking at the Rob Bontas in Sacramento, our Attorney General, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of California. I'm looking at Merrick Garland, the, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer in, in, uh, in Washington for the federal government. And they're silent. You hear crickets, Right. Where are they? Why aren't they enforcing laws that they ought to enforce? Rob Bonta's very passionate about this whole abortion issue and and protecting the right of of women in California to, to kill babies. He's sure passionate about that. But... Is, is, is he passionate about these smash-and-grab robberies? Is he passionate about the rising crime? Is he passionate about the crimes that occur in these homeless encampments? Where is he? Where is he? Well, my friends, you have to start where the buck stops. In California, it's with Governor Gavin Newsom. In Washington, D.C., it's with President Joe Biden. That's where the buck stops. And again, put that in the mix of what you believe, the information that you have received, and I ask you to reach conclusions and then stand up for those conclusions in the primaries on June 7 and the general election in November 2022. If we don't, if we continue to be intimidated if we continue to believe the smoke and mirrors lies, if we continue to fall victim to to the smoke and mirrors that uh, that that type of uh, uh, that type of strategy that's being used in Sacramento and Washington D.C. in in, in the illusion uh, entertainment industry, we call it misdirection. If we continue to fall victim to that and we don't respond to it, we may find ourselves too far gone and not able to right the ship. I believe that. Do I, do I believe there's an opportunity to right the ship? I do. That's why I'm here on the radio. If I thought all was lost, I wouldn't bother. I would do something else between 3 and 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. I've got a lot of other things I could do. But I believe it's so important for us to address these issues in the light of truth that we must continue with that, and we must continue to fight the good fight appropriately. All right, we'll continue to fight the good fight. In three minutes, here on the Mike Douglas Show on PowerTalk 1360 KFIV.
0: Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow
1: 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been uh, talking a lot about the importance of the June seven primaries and uh, then the uh, general election coming up in November 2022. Again, my theory, my thesis today is that evil always ultimately, and I think I, I if I were to write another dissertation, which I will not. Uh, One was enough, but if I were to write another dissertation on this, uh, I I would attempt to uh, prove my thesis that evil always overplays, ultimately overplays its hand. And I think we're seeing that right now in Sacramento and Washington, D.C. The question is, what are we going to do in response to all of that? Well, talking about the elections, uh, here's the story about in LA County that the registrar's office there has said they found no evidence of internal election of intentional election tampering after 104 mail-in ballots were found left on a sidewalk in East Hollywood apparently a, a lady was walking her dog and found the ballots in a US Postal Service marked box I guess, on the street or sidewalk on Saturday night. Here's uh, <laughs> here's, the, here's the woman's comments.
0: I brought my phone with me. I took a video of it. And I said, look, I, I don't feel comfortable with these out here. I don't know why they're here. It's 630 at night. There's no postman working.
1: Yeah, good for her. And so the L.A. County Registrar's Office, very quick to say there is no evidence of intentional election tampering. Well, don't we find it suspicious that 104 mail-in ballots were left on a sidewalk in East Hollywood, apparently in, you know, those U.S. Postal Service boxes that contain, you know, sometimes if you've been on vacation, you get all your mail in one of those. I, I assume that that's where what they're talking about. But they were very quick to say, Simply a case of stolen mail, not someone trying to disrupt the June seven primary election. Now, you you just, you steal blank ballots just because it's a whim. Good night. 209-551-3483, <laughs> five, five, yeah. Uh, producer Mike says, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Yeah, that's, uh, all right, let's go to the phones two zero nine five five one three four eight three let's talk to gary and modesto hi gary thanks for your call what's on your mind today
6: hey mike you're talking to the wrong people right now you're talking to conservatives try talking to the democrats tell them to talk to their people get them to change their minds because they're the ones that are going to get their get their people to change their minds we are not we can talk our ourselves to death, and we, they, they won't listen to us. The Democrats—we we, got to change their minds. The, the the Democrat people, and if you don't do that, we're not going to get a darn thing done. So talk to the Democrat people. See If you can't get them to change their minds,
1: well, and and Gary, I or Jerry, I'm I'm sorry, Jerry. I I think that's uh that's a valid point. And I I think it's one of uh, one of my encouragements all the way along is we and and that's why to me, this is what we do to sift through the issues, to make sure we understand what we believe and why we believe it. And then we take that out into our spheres of influences. Uh, I have. Uh, Democrats, uh, and, and not so much that they're Democrat, but I have uh, very left-leaning liberals in my spheres of influence. And I, I engage them in these issues, and I try to plant seeds. And I think, uh, Jerry, you're right. This is uh, this is what we have to do. Thanks for the call and for the reminder. I appreciate that, that very much. We, we can do this together, Jerry, we can. And the, the problem is, I think so many... People of moral standing, so many people of righteous perspectives, are so easily intimidated. Well, Mike, we have to turn—we have to turn the other cheek. Well, if you look at that statement by Jesus in terms of its context, you have to look at the context. You also have to remember—I mean, I love it when when people who don't understand biblical history nor the Bible at all try to use it against us. <laughs> you remember Jesus himself called the religious leaders of his day a bunch of vipers. He called them a bunch of hypocrites. He he referred to them as whitewashed tombs, that they were uh, nice and shiny on the outside, but inside they were decaying. They were like dead bodies that were smelly and decaying. Uh, Jesus, himself he addressed issues. He confronted people in the light of truth. He always provided them with the opportunity to respond, but he did confront, and so did the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, a lot of his epistles are filled with confronting people over acting foolishly and saying foolish things. And so we need to be as brave, we need to be as bold, we need to be as upfront. And to me, this is our equipping time here on the Mike Douglas Show, where we grapple with these issues, understand them as best we can, and then go out there and influence our spheres of influence. All right, we'll do more of that tomorrow at 3 o'clock here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thanks for joining us today. Trevor Carey, coming up.